speaking about reproductive health issues, people speaking about menstruation is seen as, especially in the South Asian community, I would say it's kind of seen as immoral, not a decent subject, not a decent topic of conversation, but it is simply a medical condition. It is simply a health issue. And we should address it as such, just like we address if somebody is having a headache or somebody is having shoulder pain, it's the same thing. We should be able to discuss it. And I think that we should break down, like you said, break down this taboo and normalize it. Hi everyone, this is Neha and you're listening to the Bold Enough podcast. Join me in this authentic journey, engaging in uncomfortable but real conversations with wonderful guests. If you want to listen to real people who are winning in their own way and not as society told them to, then this podcast is for you. The Bold Enough podcast is produced by Leova Digital, hosted by Neha Ganyu. Hello everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the Boards Enough podcast. It's been a while since our previous episode, but we are back again and today I have Shabnam with me. Hi Shabnam, how are you? Hello Neha, it's good to be here with you, I'm very well. Great, I'm very excited that you're here today as we'll be talking about a sensitive topic, if I can say that, about endometriosis and your journey about it. But before we get like very deep into the conversation, can you tell us a bit more about yourself? Who are you? What you do? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for this great opportunity to be here with you. It's really lovely. I'm Shabnam, born in Mauritius, currently living in London with my husband and kids. So I have chronic health issues for around a decade now. Around 12 to 13 years ago, I started getting a severe back pain, which uh, remained confusing to me because we could not understand why I was in pain. I did a lot of treatments for it, went to the doctors, did a number of scans and tests, and really it was just a confusing and long, confusing journey, really. And it's only within the past three years that I have been diagnosed with endometriosis and I underwent surgery for it. And I also have a diagnosis of fibromyalgia, which is a chronic pain condition. So right now where I am at is I am living with two conditions, endometriosis and fibromyalgia. I live with chronic pain, meaning I experience pain in pretty much every part of my body on a regular daily basis, night and day. It has impacted my life, everything that I do, my career, my plans, my ambition, my family. Also, nowadays, due to my own journey with chronic illness and also due to my background in psychology, because I'm trained in coaching and psychology, nowadays I'm a life coach. I help women who are living with chronic health conditions. I help them adjust to a life of illness, basically, so they can still continue living and have meaning in their life, bring purpose and joy to their life despite their health issues. Thank you. Thanks, Shabnam. That's so great what you're doing right now, you know, helping other women who are going through the same thing. 
So let's tell us first, maybe there are some people, some women, even men, I think, are, it's important for them to know what is endometriosis. What is this? What are the symptoms? What are the signs? And what are the things that we need to look for? Okay, so endometriosis, it's quite a difficult condition to understand. Traditionally, it used to be understood as a gynecological condition, but it's actually not. It has more relation to our immunity. So what happens in endometriosis is you have a uterus and inside of a uterus, you have a endometrial uh, the lining of a uterus inside. But in endometriosis, This lining, something similar to this lining, I won't say the same lining, but something similar to this lining is found outside the uterus. And this can attach to pretty much any organ in your body. So it can attach to the outside of the uterus. It can attach to the abdominal wall. It can migrate to your lungs, to your sciatic nerve, to your eyes, to your um, brain. I've had, I know a number of people who have lung issues because of it. So there's a lot of misconceptions regarding endometriosis in the sense that people used to think that it affects only the abdominal area. So it's only outside the uterus and so on. But the reality is that endometriosis, those tissues can actually migrate to any parts of your body and they can cause immense issues. And because endometriosis can be so widespread in the body, it can be very difficult to diagnose. It is quite a difficult condition to diagnose because it has so many different symptoms. For instance, some people might have lung problems and it becomes difficult to diagnose it because it's not so clearly related to the traditional symptoms of endometriosis. The traditional symptoms of endometriosis, as understood by most people, are pain during menstruation. And that is the main symptoms, like extreme pain during menstruation. But there are many more symptoms that are not the usual symptoms, such as chronic back pain, leg pain, chest pain, coughing, even shoulder pain. So the symptoms can be very varied and, again, difficult to diagnose. For my own diagnosis, that took me more than 10 years. And uh, it was done through a laparoscopy, which is a special keyhole surgery where you can actually visually identify the lesions, the endometrial tissue. And usually what happens when somebody is having pain and so on, the doctors will do a scan and so on, and ultrasound scans. And these are not usually good methods of detecting, identifying endometriosis, unfortunately. So if someone has symptoms, any kind of symptom really, it could just be shoulder pain that manifests or gets worse during the menstrual cycle. So it is worth it investigating endometriosis. And it's important to understand that usually our gynecologists are not very well trained to recognize endometriosis. You do need people, specialists who are trained to recognize them and who work with endometriosis uh, patients daily. Thanks, Shabdam. That was very informative. 
I would like to add here, you said that it's the gynecologist and the specialist also that's going to help to diagnose this. I would like to add that sometimes we, like in Mauritius, for example, we don't put a lot of thought that we need to do a checkup, yearly checkup to the gynecologist. It's only when we are going to have some pain or a symptom, then we'll go to the doctor and check and have it checked. But just like a normal regular checkup to the gynecologist, it's not like a normal thing. And I would like to stress out that it's very important to do a checkup even if you're not feeling anything. Even if you feel that it's just a mild pain, everything is okay, so I won't go to a gynecologist. And it's usually when women get uh, pregnant or they want to have kids and then they're going to visit a gynecologist. But I would say that it's important to always have regular checkup since very early just to check if everything is fine, everything is okay. And there is nothing to be ashamed of. Go to a gynecology and just talk to them and have all your doubts clear as well. Yeah, I think you're quite right in there. Yearly checkup to ensure that we are in good health, that's really required. And that's something that we don't put enough focus on. And especially for women, seeing the gynecologist every year for a pap smear, and other tests, it's important. You rightly said that there's quite a level of shame and embarrassment when it comes to gynecological issues. It is kind of, it's in every culture or country, but I would say that it is quite prominent in the South Asian community where we are quite hesitant to speak about things related to gynecological health problems and so on. Reproductive health problems is uh, quite a big taboo and there's a lot of stigma around it. And this is something that we do need to break out of because what happens, the more you allow a condition to thrive without medical attention, the worse, of course, it will get. And then at some point, it can get quite difficult to uh, resolve the medical condition. For instance, with endometriosis itself, when it progresses to a certain extent, it can start affecting uh, fertility and then people have issues with having children. But if it was detected and treated in the beginning, it may not have progressed to that extent. We do need to give priority to our health rather than worrying about what people will think or allowing embarrassment to stop us from going forward to see a gynecologist. Yes, so true. Because I recall that even during my relative or even my parents, it never came into their mind that they should tell me to go into a checkup with a gynecologist or something. You know, those are the things that are not spoken quite a lot in the Asian cultures and everything. And I think that I was talking with my gynecologist the other day, and I don't know if you know about that, but... There is like a vaccination for adolescents that is usually, usually administered when they are teenagers, when the girls are teenagers, to prevent uterus cancer. Yeah. This is something that I never knew about and neither did my parents or, I don't know, my friends or anything. And I think that if 
a lot of people knew about that they would have have done it mm -hmm. but there is also the thing that they don't want to talk about it or there is the embarrassment or the shame to actually go and visit the gynecology like you said and to a checkup and i think that we should break down like you said break down this taboo and normalize it that's very important to make sure that your children your teenage girls are in good health right from the start absolutely i think you're quite right regarding that even parents sometimes unwilling to speak to their teenage daughters regarding reproductive health and that's a shame because just like we need to take care of a part of our body we need to take care of our, of our physical health this is also part of our physical health it's an important part of us and there shouldn't be any embarrassment regarding it we should be able to have decent and open conversations regarding it the fear i guess is that people speaking about reproductive health issues people speaking about menstruation is seen as especially in the south asian community i would say it's kind of seen as immoral not a decent subject not a decent topic of conversation but it is simply a medical condition it is simply a health issue and we should address it as such just like we address if somebody is having a headache or somebody is having shoulder pain it's the same thing we should be able to discuss it so people could be open and actually not feel embarrassed to seek help you see if a teenage girl is suffering from certain pains and stuff it can happen that they keep it to themselves because they are too embarrassed to talk about it and then seek help until it gets too late we need to be able to break this stigma and taboo and talk about it in a proper way without shame because there's nothing to be ashamed about yes that is so true even talking about having your mens i'll be honest when i was a teenager and when i was having my mens i used to feel very shy or ashamed to say that i'm having my mens to anyone actually when now when i look back i realize that it's actually a normal thing that happens and there is nothing to be ashamed about it to tell someone that i'm not feeling well because i'm having my mens and uh, i used to cover it up like i'm having just having a headache or a belly pain yes. but never using the word mens because i think it's the environment that i grew I never heard my relatives or my cousins or anyone use that word. And now today, of course, I normalize it. I say it because it's a normal thing and there's nothing to be ashamed of it. And that's why I tell my little cousins as well who are still teenagers that there's nothing to be ashamed of to say that you had your mens today and your belly is hurting or something like that. I'm nothing to be ashamed about it to tell to anyone. And if someone tells you that you shouldn't say it, then they are the one who's wrong, actually. There's nothing wrong about that. And there is a lot of things that happens also, you know, like you said, having a lot of pain, irregular periods, facial hair, which is something like PCOS, PCOD, something that a lot of people don't know about. Like, I didn't even know that I had a lot of facial hair when I was a teenager and you know every girl around that age you'd want you start feeling conscious and less confident about how you're looking 
and then I would just go to a salon just to you know remove it and then it would come back and then you feel less and less confident but it's only when I started going to the gynecologist and I did my test and everything that they told me that I had like half PCOS which is fine a lot of women have that there's nothing to be ashamed of and now I can really understand why I was having so much of facial hair you know why you're having it and you're able to accept it as a part of yourself but when you don't know about it and a lot of people around is going to tell you a lot of stuff like why are you having facial hair maybe it's in your diet in your nutrition and you start googling a lot of stuff how to make it stop it's not a great place to be in but if people were more aware about that you need to just go and do a checkup and then you know what you have and how you can deal with it yeah absolutely right you're completely right the shame really stops us from seeking help uh, not talking about it means we don't know what's going on and what makes the situation even worse for us you see what happens traditionally in the south asian community menstruation has been associated with uncleanliness something that is unclean something that is unhygienic somebody who is menstruating uh, is seen as someone you must not really associate with because they are kind of unlucky. So this has kind of stayed with us throughout the years. So we may not have the same attitude in society nowadays, but the reactions is, is still the same. We still feel that it's not something that needs to be spoken about. It's something to be hidden because people might think bad of us. People might judge us negatively if we say something about it. And the other aspect of this is that women are particularly afraid of disclosing such issues and talking about such issues because there's this tendency in society to think that if a woman has a certain gynecological condition, that means she might not be able to become a mother in the future. So she has fertility problems. So everything is basically confused with fertility problems, which is another reason why women are afraid of discussing gynecological challenges because people might perceive them as not having a chance at motherhood in the future, which might impair their chances of having a life partner. But that's something also that we need to be uh, conscious about. Yeah, that's true. It's true. I'm just remembering a situation when I was a little girl. I think I was 11 or 12 when I first started having my mens. And I remember there was a prayer at home and at a family place. So I think it was my aunt who said that because I am having my mens, so then I can't sit in the prayer. And, uh, you know, around that time, you know, you're a little girl, you just obey and to the elder and think whatever the adults are doing are the right thing. But now when you look back, there are so many things that people associate with menstruation that is so wrong. I was so wrong, actually, because it's just a normal thing. It's just a normal thing happening to a woman's body. And like I said, the other aspect that some women are afraid that they won't be able to reproduce if they have a condition or anything. That's true as well. But I'm happy that this generation, there are more awareness and a different kind of thinking. So it's changing now. 
I'm happy that little by little is changing this mentality. Yeah, we are definitely taking steps in the right direction. For instance, yourself doing this podcast, I would say very brave. So definitely the attitude is changing, but we are not there yet. There's still a long way to go. In terms of, uh, you just mentioned, being young and being told not to sit for the prayer. You see, a lot of the, I would call them rules and regulations surrounding menstruating women in different faiths and religion and cultural traditions were meant to help women. They were meant to give women the time to recover and rest and heal during that time when their bodies is undergoing menstruation. So it was meant to be something that helps them, give them that opportunity to rest and heal. So don't do this, don't do that, don't engage in this, don't engage in that. Uh, the whole point of it being that this is a time where you need to be resting, this is a time that you need to take to yourself to recover. But unfortunately, over time, it has gained certain negative connotations. Everything turned upside down and people started viewing it as a negative thing. So it's good that nowadays we are moving forward with a new attitude. It starts with being able to communicate and talk about it and making, helping people realize that they should not conform to the taboos and stigmas surrounding reproductive health issues. Yes, so true. So Shabnam, tell us a bit about the journey once you found out that from the diagnosis and the test that you were you actually had endometriosis what were your thoughts and how did you cope with it well i've never had any of the classic symptoms long time ago i had the classic symptoms of pelvic pain but then chronic back pain is not a classic symptom of endometriosis so when i found out i was relieved i felt vindicated in the sense that i knew that there was actually something a name that I could give to what was happening to me because for a long time I couldn't understand it. I only knew that I had chronic pain and I could not understand why I have chronic pain. When you have certain symptoms and you cannot explain it, it becomes difficult to live with it. It becomes difficult to communicate with people because the question that people always have is, okay, you have this pain or this symptom, but... What did the doctor say about it? Why do you have it? And when you come up with no answer, there's no answer. People tend to disbelieve you, especially when the symptoms can't be seen. They tend to judge you to some extent negatively. So for me, it was a sense of relief, even though, of course, I wasn't happy with the diagnosis. But at the same time, there was a sense of relief, being able to know for sure what was going on. And that brought me a lot of peace and also gave me a certain direction in terms of treatment, what treatment should I be trying out, what things I should be avoiding to make it worse and so on. So it brought me peace and clarity, I would say. I'm good to hear that. Yeah, I understand when you're having some symptoms and everything and you don't know what it is, you can live in fear. It can cause a lot of stress. But when you actually know what is going on, then you can actually figure out the next steps. So I would say it's better to know than to stay in denial or ignorant. 
Yes, yes, I think that's a fair point. I think sometimes we have this fear also that holds us back because we are so afraid of what is there, what could be there, but we don't, we leave it aside, we sweep it under the rug and we just don't investigate it because of fear. But it's always better to know what you are dealing with rather than live in darkness and not knowing what's going on. Yes, true. So you said this has been three years since you found out, right? Yes. Okay. And now three years from now, how are you now? What are the changes that you made to your life, maybe, to cope with it, to deal with it? Well, I underwent surgery for it where it was supposedly removed. Unfortunately, that did not bring me any type of pain relief. So for me, the surgery did not work. So as per the doctors, I am cleared of it, but I don't really believe that. I have spoken with a huge number of women who, despite having surgery and having the endometriosis removed, they still suffer from the symptoms, maybe because all of it cannot be removed during surgery. And maybe because it's been in the body for so long that the body keeps manifesting the symptoms, even though the original cause is not there. So the fact is that I'm still in pain. I have not pursued any more medical treatment. I have investigated the different medical treatments for it, uh, painkillers, hormone treatments, and so on. And I have found that for myself, these side effects are quite serious. And I have decided not to take that route. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be taking the medical route. We need to be the judge of our own bodies. We need to understand what we need and be self-aware and not allow other people to dictate what we do in terms of our medical needs and treatment. So for some people, um, the medical treatment would be the ideal. And for some, it may not be the ideal. So we need to understand ourselves, be self-aware and uh, know what is right for us. So my choice for myself is that I have not gone down that road, that path and chosen a more natural path. And I've tried managing it with natural medicine, homeopathics, herbs, and so on diet. Sometimes it works to a certain extent, I would say. Sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't help. But it's something that you learn to live with. As you go through the years, you learn that there are certain things that can make your symptoms worse. And that is that relates to any condition you might have. There are certain things that we do that can make our symptoms worse, whether it's something that we eat or certain movements that we engage in. So being self-aware and knowing what triggers the symptoms is a good start. And keeping track of the symptoms is very important. That's extremely important. And uh, having a generally healthy lifestyle as much as you can. And also making sure that you are regularly getting checkups and so on. So even though I may not be following the medical path, I still see my doctor regularly. So I do keep track of things. Thank you for that, Shabnam. We are going to take a short break and then we'll be back again. So stay here, everyone. Hi, this is Neha and you're listening to the Bold Enough Podcast. Okay, we're back, people. 
So we were talking about endometriosis and Shabnam journey with it. So Shabnam, thank you for sharing your story till now. It was very brave of you to share the story and informative as well. I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to us right now who don't know about it. And uh, now it's clearer and I would urge women to please do a medical checkup, find a gynecologist, do a medical checkup, even if you feel like there's no pain or you don't feel any symptoms. It's always good to know. So Shabnam, according to you, what do you think we should do to raise more awareness? Like, to be honest, I'll be honest, I didn't know what endometriosis was when I was a teenager or even when I first started my adulthood. I didn't know about it. No one was talking about it. I learned it on my own, actually. We're researching and learning about stuff. And then I, I stumbled upon it. And then I started learning more about it. What about you? Did you know about this before? Or um, what would you say today that we could do to raise more awareness, more knowledge about this? Well, the truth is I had no idea it even existed. Even in my teenage years, I used to suffer from a lot of pain and I used to throw up and stuff like that. And no doctor ever, ever mentioned the word to me. I have lived in Bermuda for around uh, 13 years and I was there when uh, the back pain started. And even then, Nobody mentioned it. I had no idea about it. I had a friend whose daughter had endometriosis and she was suffering really bad uh, with it. It was through her that I first heard the word. And she was the one who actually told me that it sounds as if your symptoms could be endometriosis. Why don't you see your doctor and see if you could be investigated for it? So I was the one who approached the gynecologist and asked her about it and said, you know, someone mentioned that it might be, it looks like endometriosis. Could we have a diagnostic laparoscopy to investigate? And she agreed with me and we did the investigation and found that indeed it is endometriosis. So Again, I would say that it is important that we be informed about our own bodies. We do our own research, speak to people, try to learn about different health conditions. And if we have a certain symptoms or we think we might have something, it's important that we talk to people, you know, talk to your parents, talk to your siblings, talk to a friend, Talk to somebody you trust, go and see a doctor. Don't feel embarrassed about it. Don't allow fear to hold you back from investigating further because this happens a lot of time. We just too shy to talk about it to somebody and we just stay with the symptoms until it gets worse. So talk about it and try to seek help for it. In terms of awareness, it comes down to People sharing with each other, like you're doing right now, Neha, with your podcast, bringing up things that people don't usually talk about. And this is something that we should be doing, all of us, and bring more awareness to the subject through communication and talking to others. And you mentioned that you have been talking to your younger cousins, and this is the path uh, forward. Each of us can do a little bit. Each of us can do a little by talking to others and making them sensitive to the different issues. It's all about speaking out 
it's all about speaking out and advocating for yourself and your needs. Yeah, agreed. And do you think that those are the things that uh, should be taught in at least secondary school, you know, to the teenage girls, even the boys, actually? I think everyone should know about those stuff. There are so many things that even uh, boys don't know about. And they feel like they know something, but it's actually not that. You'd be surprised that, I think it was last week, I was talking to a guy and I had my mans. And uh, you know how he said mans? He was like, oh, you have the girl problem. And, you know, this kind of uh, conversation, it's like, it's kind of weird. Like, it's not even a problem. Mm-hmm. It's just a natural thing, a normal thing that is happening. I'm not even having a problem. But people keep saying that it's a girl problem, it's that time of the month, stuff like that, which has been going on since years and years. And I think we should break that because this is not a problem. This is not, oh, you're having your end of the month thing. I think th- those are the things that should be taught even from parents to children not only to their girls but to the boys as well since teenager absolutely it's about having that communication and that openness to be able to speak about it and but it is not a girl issue it's not a women's issue because at the end of the day when you do get into a relationship it becomes an issue of a couple you see? So you both have to uh, manage it. So we should all stay aware of it and be sensitive to it. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. It is a natural thing, yes. But when you have certain symptoms that accompany menstruation, like for instance, severe pain, severe pain should not be normalized because it is not normal to have extreme severe pain during menstruation, pain that makes you throw up or faint and so on. This is not normal. This is when you need to seek help. So it's a natural thing, but when it has those extreme symptoms, it is a medical issue. Exactly. Yes. And so Shabnam, you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the podcast that you're now helping other women to develop their confidence, uh, women who are having chronic pain and everything. How are you doing that? Is it uh, online? Like if women are listening to us right now, how can they connect with you? Maybe share their experiences with you as well? Well, you can connect with me through my Facebook. It's under Shabnam Rakiba. Connect with me on Facebook or I have my website, which is thornsandrosescoaching.com. So you can connect me through both of these. And you can email me from my website. And uh, yes, I do help women living with chronic health conditions. And that's uh, autoimmune conditions, uh, cancer, chronic pain, anything health related, really. I help them to adjust to this different life because having a chronic health condition, which impacts on your daily life, it really changes everything. I help them adjust to it and find different paths. Chronic illness, chronic pain, it impacts on our plans it impacts on our ambitions and sometimes these need to change and i help them find new path new path which are still meaningful fulfilling and uh, which bring purpose to their life i always say that chronic illness chronic pain is not the end of things simply because we have a chronic illness or we have been diagnosed with a long-term condition it doesn't mean that the world is ending and we will never have joy in our life 
that's not true. Chronic illness is kind of part of our life. It's not our whole life. We still have an identity beyond chronic illness. We still have other things in our life that we enjoy. And I help people realize that and uh, ensure that chronic illness does not take over their mind and their life. Yes, that is so true what you just said. And I think it's very noble of you to helping that you're helping other women who are in the same situation. I think we all need to support each other and bring the awareness, increase the knowledge. I have I have been through the journey myself. I'm still going through the journey. So I think I'm quite well placed to understand uh, what people are going through when somebody is uh, having symptoms that cannot be understood or somebody just being diagnosed with a life-changing condition. It is quite confusing. It's overwhelming and you do feel lonely. You feel lonely. You don't understand where to seek help. You don't understand who to speak with. You do not know how do you adjust to life now? How do you find happiness again? So it can be extremely helpful to have someone who really understands you to speak with and to guide you through the journey. Well, Shabnam, it was really nice having you on the podcast today and uh, just bringing the awareness together and sharing your story as well. Thank you for being a guest today. It's been really good joining you here today. Thank you again. Thank you. And thanks to everyone who will be listening to this episode. And uh, remember what we said, um, don't forget to do your medical checkup and always be look out for the signs, the symptoms, any pain that you're having and have a medical checkup, check up with the gynecologist, you know, stay in good health. Thank you, Shabnam. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bold Enough podcast hosted by Neha Ganu. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe and tune in weekly as we keep on breaking the barriers together. Don't forget to show your love on our Instagram account and our LinkedIn. And thank you for listening to us.